1: Welcome to another new episode of the Get Organized with Declutter Me podcast with myself, Shalina. I hope you're well wherever you are in the world. Today, I have an old friend who I've known for many, many years, thanks to Twitter or X, whatever it's called now, um, who has thrived and started her own business as a breakup coach. Um, So I thought I'd bring Nora in to talk about breaking up, getting over the breakup and thriving, sort of decluttering and organizing your relationships. So welcome, Nora, to the Get Organized podcast. It's so nice to have you here.
0: Hi, Shalina. I'm so excited to be here as well. Thank you so much for having me. No, it's a pleasure. I,
1: You know, when you started, I was just straight away, I said to you, didn't I? I remember. You know, settle in and then we need to talk because we need to discuss this and how you help people and, I mean you know, you've known me for many, many years. So, you know, I've had a lot of relationship.
0: Yes. (laughs) And it was surprising to me that you made that tie up because you were like, you know, a lot of my clients actually, they come to me because they've just gone through a breakup or they've just gone through a divorce. So they are kind of rearranging their home because maybe now they live alone or they need to move in or they need to move out. So that was very interesting to me. And I think definitely there's, Something shared to be spoken about here.
1: Yeah, because there is like that. It's not just the physical clutter. There's the emotional clutter yeah. and the mental clutter and organizing your life in a way, you know, because it, if it, whether it's three-month relationship or years, mm-hmm. there's still a lot to deal with, right? Right. Um, but I thought, yeah, it would be great to hear from you from kind of like a coaching point of view, a mental and emotional point of view, because I don't think people think about that. Yeah. Um, often. So, so how, how did you get into this? Like
0: what led you to it? Yeah. So I've always been really interested in relationships in general. Um, and I've, I've personally experienced a lot of breakups and every time I was like, I'm not ever going to make through this. And then I make it through. And then like somehow I started helping other people make it through informally. And now like, I'm really at this point in my life, I'm like, if I go through another breakup or if I go through a divorce, like, I really know how to take care of myself. It, right. it it would suck, obviously, but it's something I really know how to take care of myself through. I think I have a lot to learn about relationships in general. I recently got married. And, I know, my work. And I know you. your husband, so yes. it's totally <laughs> um, But I think in this area, it's something I'm really confident. How to get myself through it, how to get other people through it. And... I think there's also just so much stigma around breakups. We don't talk about them enough openly. I think there's a pressure to just get over it very quickly or there's a pressure to hide what you're going through because you're supposed to get over it quickly. And I think even unless you're like a really, really close friend, you actually won't know that someone might be suffering through a heartbreak beyond like two three months they might be struggling with it for a year for two years for three years it's actually really common to even get stuck in that for so long and I think there's just not that much good guidance on how to get over a breakup so I really wanted to be a voice that talks about all the nuances of this experience and all the different ways it can go
1: so let's start from you know the breakup yeah. like how What would you say is, you know, is the key things that people are dealing with, with the breakup that can sort of cause them to crash in a way that, you know, that needs, then needs your
0: help? Right. I think most people that come to me, actually, they don't come to me when they're right out of a breakup. Right. They come to me when they've been trying to get over the breakup for a while. Yeah. And they feel stuck and they feel like. I've tried everything, I've read all the books, I've done all the podcasts, maybe they even went to therapy, you know, and they're like, I just feel like I'm not really moving the needle or something is stuck. And that's when they would come to me because that is like my very specific area of expertise. And usually I can identify pretty fast like why they've been stuck, you know? So maybe it's common reasons why you might be stuck. For example, this is one that... Not many talk about, but it's like if you had like 10,000 things going on in your life at the time of the breakup, then it's, it's going to delay you from getting over it. Like if you're having a health crisis, if you're having, if you just started a new job, if you just moved countries, if you're dealing with like a sick parent or something like that, and all these things have happened, like at the time that you also got your breakup or divorce, like you might think that you're over it faster. Because it doesn't feel that urgent because you're dealing with all these other like urgent things. But then like a year later, maybe you're in a better place in your life. Things are calmer. And then all of a sudden, like the breakup feelings resurface. And then you're like, oh my God, like I'm not over it, you know? So this is, for example, one thing that we don't talk about often that could be a cause of why someone could get stuck in a breakup for a really, really long time.
1: That's interesting. I didn't think of that. Yeah. So you kind of like,
0: withholding the grief
1: for yeah. a longer time
0: yeah yeah until it's like you feel safe to feel it really wow
1: know? i'm thinking whether i've had that Most probably yes <laughs> i've definitely <laughs> I've had that yeah. oh my god yeah i didn't even think of that so um so what kind of tips do you give to people when they are in that kind of needle is stuck at that moment what what what
0: can they do that's Yeah. So for this particular situation that I described, I think the priority is to create that feeling of safety and not put pressure on yourself. Because, okay, maybe it's like I'm not going to be able to create that feeling of safety for like the next few months. Like, let's say if you're, I don't know, you're like really struggling financially and like your top priority right now is just to get a job. Like, honestly, it's fine. Like archive your breakup until you can deal with it, you know. But I would say like create the conditions focus on creating the conditions where you can feel safe, where you can feel safe to feel the grief, to feel the heartbreak, to feel like whatever it is that you need to feel and still feel supported and be able to, I call it like fa- falling apart, but in a safe container. Right. Okay. Yeah. So how can they fall apart in that, that safe container? I think it's, you have to have a number of ingredients. Obviously, oh, this is, this is interesting. Yeah. Obviously you need... Um, like that kind of stability that I spoke about, like you're not too worried about money or there's not some other crisis like happening in your life. I think it also, it really matters to have support, whether that's support of family, friends, maybe even just like your coworkers who can be like a little bit understanding, a little bit flexible during this time. Of course, therapy or a coach, something like that. Like to not feel like so alone. I think that's a very key ingredient. Another key ingredient I think is release like having a mechanism of releasing your emotions whether that's through journaling sports um crying writing whatever it is that like you need to do to like be able to move that emotion out um i think later down the line in your breakup novelty is something really important as well because we don't want to focus so much on like what we lost. We also want to fill that void with like new, meaningful, purposeful things. Right. Okay. Otherwise, we're going to feel like we're stuck. Right? Yeah.
1: And like I've seen that like people, especially with long relationships, they've been doing the same things together. They've been having these activities together and stuff. And then suddenly when they break up, they're not doing those activities anymore. Yeah. So it's, what can you suggest to them to build on a new activity or a new habit or because they lose that, don't they? When they're they're breaking up.
0: I think habits or hobbies, like they're so important. Even when you are in a relationship, like you have to remember like your partner chose you and loved you when you were this vibrant, thriving, like inspiring, lively person who did have all these interests and all these hobbies and stuff. So it's very important to keep that even like when you are in a relationship. But I would say if you find yourself in this position after a breakup and you're like oh god we had our whole shared world together we had our shared hobbies shared everything together i would start by asking yourself the question what did your partner not like to do that you liked to do yeah yeah because i think that feels so good to able to be able to reconnect with something like that after a breakup so let's say for example you love hiking and your partner was like a very indoorsy kind of person Like do more of this thing. If your husband like wanted to be quiet all the time and he didn't like noise and now you live alone, like blast that music, like dance around, you know, do the things that you weren't able to do in the relationship. I think that's almost like a really quick hack to feel good. Right. If you're in a down mood. Yeah.
1: And like, I mean, we've talked about habits and stuff and hobbies. What about, you know, and a lot of people have this, that, that they, they've, they've lived together and they move out or they stay in the place and the other person moves out, but there's the stuff. Now, do you guide them on how to get rid of that stuff? Because that's part of the breaking up and
0: grieving process as well, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, I think something very important I do ask my client to do if they do stay in that space is you need to make it your own again. And of course... I think part of decluttering is putting the stuff away that like really reminds you of your ex-partner, like any photos, anything like that. But also like at some point you need to think about how do I make this place my own? Mm -hmm. How do I, you know, decorate it in a way that is reflective more of my aesthetic rather than our aesthetic? How do I rearrange this place so that it really feels like my home again? A lot of us can't move out or a lot of us can't move cities when we break up, like our whole life is here. I'm, I think a lot of my clients, for example, struggle with that like, oh, I had my breakup in Dubai. So everything about Dubai now like reminds me of my ex. It's like, how do you make this your own again? I'm sure there's a side of Dubai or there's a part of your home or the way that you've set up your home that you'd needed to compromise on because you were living with somebody. So how do you make it your own again? That's a good point. And I think, yeah, people don't
1: realize that. Um, but I've noticed with especially with people who would get divorced, they have like the wedding albums and all those things. Um, And, you know, especially with locals, uh, you know, and Arab families, they have these massive um, Bibles of Mm. pictures, you know, and they have one for engagement and weddings and stuff. Um, So it's very, and it's a lot of money. they are thousands of dirhams, these things, aren't they? So it's like, (laughs) how can you get rid of them? Um, So I just tell them to hide it for a while. And then when they're ready to depart it, They can declutter out of their lives. But what do you say for these kind of situations, like with photos and things like this?
0: Yeah, I would say out of sight for now when the wound is fresh. And then later, I don't necessarily think you have to get rid of them. You know, this might be a very beautiful chapter of your life that has ended. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to get rid of the stuff. Like, it's very personal, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, true. Um, I think for me, for example, I've definitely kept some photos of ex friends for example that i don't talk to anymore but like you know as long as they're not causing me pain while i'm looking at it i think it's okay like this is this was a part of your life maybe it was a really good part of your life so i would agree with you on just keeping it out of sight like when you are still in that healing process and there's no pressure on making a decision of whether to get rid of it or not i think a lot of times also after a breakup we feel a sense of urgency like, we need to figure things out right away. And this could have a lot of big questions. Like, should I stay in this house? Should I stay in the city? Uh, should I maybe leave leave the city? Because my whole life revolved around me and my relationship and my partner. And like, I can't even experience the city in another way. Uh, do I need to, I don't know, uh, sell this house? Do I need to, and it's like, do I need to get rid of this photo album? Do I need to remove our photos from Instagram? Do I need to do all these things? And it's like, focus on what's most important right now maybe the most important thing right now is just learning how to sleep eat and function <laughs> you know maybe it's going to take a few months even to just get to that normal baseline again you know so if you're listening to this or you're going through a breakup like please don't feel pressured that you have to like deal with all these things right away yeah yeah
1: and I think I mean with certain things like with digital you can just archive it you yeah. can hide them So on the iPhones and stuff like that, and even on Instagram now, you can archive it. So it's just hidden off the Mm -hmm. grid. Um, But yeah, you're right. I think it takes, you have to prioritize what's most important. Um, But what about the healing process? You've talked about that. So how how long does it take to heal? Or does it depend on how long they've been together? Like, what what do you think?
0: So I always um, make fun of this advice that we heard on Sex and the City. Maybe that's where, where you heard this advice, like <laughs> yeah. it takes half the time of the relationship to get over the breakup or something like a, oh, a yeah, strange that's what formula. Said, yes, yes. <laughs> something Charlotte said. So um, I don't agree with this, right. and I don't like it. You know why? Because I feel like it creates a lot of pressure yes. for people to like get over it by a certain time, and they feel like something's wrong with them if they didn't get over it by a certain time. Um, I would say in my Work. I've seen a lot more people actually be stuck for like one, two, three years. Sometimes, you know, it takes time. I think it depends on different things. Like, for example, if it was your first heartbreak or not. Mm. If it's your first heartbreak, it's gonna take long because that whole experience is super jarring and super shocking. Yeah. And you're not gonna know what hit you and you're gonna feel like you're dying. Yeah, and yeah, you're going to feel like you're you're never going to recover. Yeah. I had that. Yeah. <laughs> and then the second time you're like, okay, this sucks, but I know it's going to be over. Yeah. You know, every time you go through it, you're like, okay, this sucks. I feel like I'm dying, but I know it's going to end. Yeah. You know, the first time you don't know that. So, no. yeah, it it will take time to even just calm down, I think. Yeah. And um, I think it depends on other things like your attachment style. If you have a very insecure attachment style, it might take you longer. Okay. If, you like had a say in this breakup, maybe it would take you a shorter time. But if you felt like you were blindsided and you don't have many answers to your questions, of course, it might take time. If it hit upon like a really core wound of yours, it might take time because it's like opening Pandora's box Mm -hmm. of so many different layers of grief and pain and heartbreak that remind you of different points in your life, you know, not just the heartbreak. But I've actually, like, thinking about how to declutter. How to declutter yourself after a breakup or your emotions so that you don't prolong yeah. the breakup. And I re- I want to use the analogy of decluttering and, like, the house. That's what I got excited about, like, right. when you told me about the podcast. Because, okay, you know how some people, like, hoard stuff yeah. Yeah, yeah. in their house, yeah. right? And... Okay, my husband does this. Like, he loves, like, buying little things. Like, he loves buying little things or, like, I don't know, little things, like, he'll never end up using, you know? Okay, but he's very creative, so they, yes. they like doing that, yeah. But sometimes I'm like, oh, my God, we have so much stuff. I'm like, this place is small. I want to get rid of the stuff. And he's like, no, 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 I need this. I need all this stuff. And it's like, but, babe, you never use it. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, but, okay, back to my point of, I think... After a breakup, you need to keep your metaphorical house very clean. Right. And that means managing what you bring into that house. Right. In terms of what do you consume? What inputs are you getting in to your brain, to your heart? And by that, I mean, like, are you looking at your ex's social media? Okay. You know, are you asking for your mutual friends for updates about your ex? Okay. Yeah. Are you you know trying to call them and be in contact with them every thing from those things is adding like a new piece of clutter into your brain and you already have so much that's like awesome that's a good right? that's a
1: really good analogy right after a okay.
0: breakup you're like trying to heal your heartbreak you have like so much things to deal with already so many feelings so many emotions yeah so many thoughts so much pain that all is going to like take time to be processed yeah. and every time that you add something new intentionally to that queue of things that needs to be processed. Maybe you have a, an interaction with your ex and it's like not a good one. Yeah. So now you need to also process that thing. Yeah. Now you go on their social media and I don't know, they're hanging out with like some new girl. Maybe it's their cousin. I don't know. Yeah. But like you're overthinking that. <laughs> yes. You know, yeah. you're like using mental, emotional energy, overthinking that. And where is it getting you? Like it's not getting you anywhere. It's just cluttering your right? brain. Yeah, so I feel like this is the real decluttering like right. people need to do after a breakup and it's so hard. It We're all human, we do it. You know, I've done it. Yeah. I've looked at my social media, like whatever, we do it. And I think for me, the, the point that really got me to stop or at least reduce yeah. is uh, this idea of like, I have so much things to process. I cannot be adding more things Not- to this queue. Yeah, Yeah, this is the real decluttering.
1: I think, yeah, and I think... If they make a mental list or a physical list of everything that they need to do, that might help them as well, right? To start with the processing of, I need to not look at his social media or unfollow him or her mm. because it could be either, or anybody. Yeah. Um. And you know, not contact them, like remove the number and and things like that, and just make a reminder that don't do this mm-hmm. because we need to do this as well. You know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, but it's interesting. It's, it's yeah, no, you're talking about breaking up the first time. I remember the love of my, he was the love of my life and that, we went out for years, but it took double the time to, took. I mean, it, it took me moving to Dubai to try and get over him. Yeah. And like, you know, and I always said Dubai is... People move to Dubai because they're running away from something.
0: You think so? Yeah. I found a lot of
1: people, a lot of yeah. expats, they've run away from something mm. in their life.
0: Okay. That's I why see they've that. ended up here. Yeah.
1: I mean, like, you know, if you think about why did you end up here? Were you.
0: Yeah. You know, the first time, oh, I've been yeah, here first, twice. Yeah. yeah. The first time I ended up here because I was running away from living in Saudi Arabia, so we'll where Saudi, I'm from. your family. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't want to live in... I mean, it's very different now, but yeah. back then, it was very conservative and I didn't really feel like I was a good fit for living there, especially that yeah. I didn't grow up there. Yeah. So, I was kind of running away from that lifestyle. Yeah. And I think the second time, uh, I ran away because I was in Lebanon and things were really bad there. Yeah. And I went through the economic crisis, the explosion, corona, the revolution, everything Yeah, there. And You like, went for everything there. I left under very different circumstances, but I was running away from chaos. I was running away from economic collapse, crisis, and all that stuff. So I think you're right. Yeah. Dubai, Dubai <laughs> is the hub of all the
1: people with chaos in their lives right. come here yeah. with their toxic traits, with their issues that they haven't <laughs> dealt with and like yeah. need to deal with. And a lot of people don't deal with it. And so I've, I've seen it with people going out with relationships even people you know I've been here for nearly 20 years so I've gone out with men and gone yep they've run away from something and they Mm -hmm. haven't dealt with the issues
0: that's Uh, a very interesting theory I need to dissect more later yeah
1: you need to look into that yeah
0: but what happens then if you have a breakup in Dubai bar?
1: Well, I mean, I've just stayed here yeah. and then uh, once I went to a concert mm. and I literally was with my friends going, I went out with him, I went out with him, I went out with him and, were like, what? and I went, I don't know, you know, because you've you been here too long, yeah. right? Yeah. But remember in the old days, like, you know, we used to go to a concert and we'd see everybody. Yeah, We know everybody at the concert, like friends and stuff, yeah. but once it was just blokes I dated and it was
0: awful. We probably need to compare lists because <laughs> I'm pretty sure we have some overlaps. We're going to do that after the podcast. yeah, yeah. Probably there there was some
1: for Twitter as well.
0: (laughs) I I went out with Twitter people, Um,
1: but yeah, no, uh, and and it's a small town, so yeah, yeah, there is that issue. I can see that that you know.
0: So maybe like just coming here, and if you go through a breakup here, you're kind of forced to deal with it. Uh, unless you want to like move away, which is very
1: inconvenient. Well, a lot of people also jump into, and I've seen this, you know. And then now there's that group, Facebook group, or I'll be dating the same guy. Mm. And I've seen these girls going, I've just moved here. I started going out with this guy. I, I met him on Tinder or Bumble or whatever. And then they've broken up, yeah. and they're like, oh my god, what do I do? And it's like, I I, I feel like people need to slow down with going out here, and you know, yeah. especially when you move to this country.
0: I think a lot of people move here and they don't have family, they don't have friends. It's hard to make friends if you're not in university, if you're not in school. And work is very demanding here in Dubai. And I think the quickest and easiest way to find close level of intimacy, building friends takes time. Yeah, It takes time, it takes effort. You have to do it with multiple people. And I think maybe a lot of people feel like going straight to the romantic part and rushing through that. Yeah. It's kind of a fast track to belonging and feeling at home and feeling some kind of intimacy.
1: I think you're right, you're totally yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. And I think that leads to then the issues that they might, you know, you might see afterwards when you're you're working with them. Yeah. You know. Um, but yeah, no. It's 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 incredibly interesting. I mean, like, has so how how do you people help people to then thrive to move on to To be able to live safely, say, in this city,
0: you know, without feeling like,
1: oh, my God.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, um, the first step, obviously, is helping them manage the pain of the breakup. So I call this, like, survive. Before you thrive, you have to survive, right? Right, Yeah. That's a good point, yeah. yeah. And it rhymes, yeah. And I think (laughs) the second thing is, I call it revive. Right. It's learning about your past relationship patterns, Right. So if you've had like similar types of breakups, similar types of relationships over and over again. Right. And this is someone who I really like to work with because that's when you see like the most transformation. If someone is kind of like, I've always had bad luck in my love life. Right. Then it's like, okay, then there's some kind of common denominator. There's some kind of pattern being played out. Like, let's actually look into that, you know? So give me an example. Like... I
1: mean, you're not mm-hmm. going to tell me your clients' names, but yeah. what kind of examples do they have where they've, yeah, you know, they've,
0: yeah, in this, in this. I'll sort give of you time. example of my own life. <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah, <laughs> like for me, I think for a really long time, I was just like, oh, just you know, men are so un- emotionally unavailable. Mm. Uh, No one wants to settle down. I keep having bad luck. You know, I'm giving it like my all. (laughs) I'm giving it my all. I'm not being a weirdo. And I just keep getting dumped. I keep getting ghosted, you know. But now like looking back at it, it's like, yeah, when people were unavailable, I saw that as like a challenge. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, how do I make them available? like, uh, Let me just like stick around and... Kind of see if this, if I can like force my way into their life instead of just walking away, you know? And so because I stayed with, like, let's say I dated 10 guys and nine of them were emotionally unavailable. Like, there's two ways to deal with this, right? I could spend six months with each of these nine guys and then be like, oh my God, men are so emotionally unavailable. And then by the 10th one, I'm like, oh, okay, finally I found one, you know? Or I can like spend one week with these nine people and actually say what I want. Oh, I'm looking for a serious relationship. And if they're like, Oh, mm, or they don't say the same thing, then, okay. I just be like, let me move on quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like next, 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 next. Yeah. And just go to the person who actually wants the same things as me. Yeah. And then my worldview is not going to be like that. It's not gonna, I'm not going to have this deep belief of like, Oh my God, everyone's so unavailable. Yeah. You know? So, I think your beliefs really reinforce your reality in this way. Like, I believe in manifestation. Right. Kind of. Like, because psychologically, I think it makes sense. Right. Your brain always looks for, like, things to confirm what you already believe. right? So okay. if you believe, like, everyone's emotionally unavailable, but actually what's happening is, like, they're saying jump, and you're like, how high? They're saying, I'm not emotionally available, and you're like, well, I'm going to make you, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So obviously, like, yes, that that belief is being re-reinforced, right. you know? So I think some of my clients deal with some similar things like that. Yeah. Or they're like, you know, I always um, date people who don't are not reciprocal. They're not very reciprocal. Uh, I give so much, I give so much, and they don't give enough, or I feel taken advantage of. And it's like, but why do you give so much, babes? Yeah, Yeah. You know, let's look into that, or why... Do you feel like this is the way to be loved, for example, you know, or like, why do you feel like it's not enough to just be? And that's something to be loved for, not just doing, 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 you know, if you're, a, if you position yourself as a resource over and over again, and you think like, this is the way to be loved, then you're going to attract the, the kind of person who likes that who wants to exploit that resource you know so this is the kind of stuff I really believe in like radical responsibility also like you know like stop blaming your ex so much like okay we can blame we can blame your ex like maybe they're an asshole you know I don't know but like I'm not talking to your ex like I'm talking to you so we need to look at like what you're doing and that's very powerful a lot of people might think of oh you're blaming but no I'm like showing you how you're very powerful actually you know
1: and I think, yeah, that's something that, they, it's it's sort of the mental clutter, isn't it? Like they've had these men, this cluttery thoughts of, you know, the bad things about them, the negative things about them, which is because, and that's manifesting and bringing these yeah. men into their lives, you know. It's
0: decluttering the thoughts that are keeping you stuck yeah, or are keeping you from being successful in your love life. If you're thinking I'm unlovable, I'm undesirable, I'm not relationship material. You know, those are very, very powerful thoughts that will manifest in your reality in some way or another. And I know because I got that way for a really long time and yeah. that was exactly what I got, you know? Yeah,
1: same, same. I've yeah. done the same. And I know I've said, I'm just useless. I can't find a man. No one wants to be with me for a long time.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, no one will ever want to be married to me, you know? And I had those thoughts for a very long time. i have now finally got to that point where. I'm in a good place yeah I'm 45 now and I'm like great took me
0: this long to get to yeah. this point And think it's like if you have those kind of thoughts like and you actually get a good relationship in your life like you are not going to trust it yeah, yeah. and you're going to be so suspicious of it that you might self-sabotage yeah. also you yeah. know so it's so so important even if you are in a relationship that if you have these kind of thoughts, like you need to really get to the root of them mm, and yeah. replace it with something a little bit more positive. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. yeah,
1: that's a good point. And it's something that I've definitely been doing myself, like decluttering those thoughts yeah. um, and being grateful for what I have because oh, I'm so finally important. at that point. Yeah. yeah, Like when we finally found a decent bloke, now we can go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is what it's supposed to be like. Yeah. nice. Is... I see now that you know that, you know the bar. Yeah. Your reality has been altered. You know that this thing exists. Even if I hope you don't end the relationship, but if you do, you're not going to go back. It's going to be that or better. Yeah, exactly. Because you know
1: what goodness is. Yeah.
0: What? You're not coming at it from a scarcity mindset. Yeah. yeah, You know? I like that. Scarcity. Oh my God. Because really, like, I'm telling you, if you think like all men are trash or something like that, and you're not going to look for better cuz you think all men are trash it's like okay so so that's the the maximum level of like the more okay it's like between a landfill and a recycling bin there's nothing beyond you know <laughs> And then you, you actually believe that. And yeah. you're like, Hollis, I'm going to be happy with the recycling bin.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I love that. Like, That's the best analogy ever. You definitely have to use that in your marketing. <laughs> Do you own trash recycling bin or better? Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, that, no. It's, you're spot on. It's, and yeah, I think this is what people need to listen to today. To like learn about how they can change their thoughts.
0: Yeah. And...
1: As you said, survive and then revive, isn't it? And then thrive and and move on to something better and just declutter the toxic stuff out of themselves, I suppose it is. Sorry? It's it's decluttering the toxicness out of themselves rather than... Because I've talked about decluttering toxic relationships, but from what you're saying, people have to remove the things from their own selves. You know, it's not just the
0: other person. Yeah, I think part of breaking up healing requires looking at these thoughts and because I think also a breakup brings out a lot of these thoughts like when the breakup happens you're you're like see I always knew I always knew I was unlovable I always knew I was undesirable I always knew that this and that you know so it's also like how do we heal and honor this pain and move through it and grieve it Without attaching so many negative stories to it. Because that's also, that's like your perception, you know? That's not necessarily... And like everyone gets dumped. Literally everyone. Even the hottest, coolest person you know has gotten dumped, you know? So why do you think like they're out there thinking like they're not hot and they're not cool? Like everyone gets dumped, babes. You don't have to make it like your story. Like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm so undesirable. I'm so unlovable. You got dumped. It doesn't have to me- mean anything more than that. And I think at some point in breakup healing, like you need to focus just on moving through the pain without attaching the stories to the pain.
1: You know what I was thinking? Like, um, I know this is very soon after, you know, Matthew Perry's just died, but I saw a post the other day about him in his book had written about how he dumped Julia Roberts because mm. he dumped her because he couldn't believe that he was going out with Julia Roberts. So he got in there before. So she might have thought there's something wrong with her. Yeah. And it's Julia Roberts.
0: Right, exactly. You know? um,
1: but and he wasn't a bad looking fella either, you know? Yeah. So yeah, like people have to think. Like it's not their fault sometimes. It's it's out the people, how they're thinking as well, isn't it? Like
0: Yeah. And I think a really powerful like mental shift after a breakup is I think people really get stuck in this thinking I'm not good enough or I was too much. Or I wasn't enough for them. And I want to tell someone who's struggling with this, stop thinking about it in terms of good enough, not good enough. And start thinking about it like, were we a good fit or were we not a good fit? Yeah. Because no one's like inherently better than someone else, right? No, like no. this is very arbitrary. What we can know for sure is like, okay, we have different needs. We have different visions for the relationship. That doesn't mean anyone is one is more worthy than the no. other. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And I think that the, the other thing is that people are not perfect. Mm-hmm. And there is that belief, isn't it, that everything should be perfect in a relationship. Mm. Because especially when we see it on social media and with celebrities and stuff. Yeah. I think that has to change as well, that, that toxic belief that
0: oh, yeah. the relationship
1: must be perfect, otherwise it's a failure.
0: I think this is actually something really important to talk about, especially for younger generations. Yeah, I mean, myself included. I'm telling you, I recently exited that kind of mentality of Worrying about, oh, I need to optimize, improve my relationship. How can it be like the best relationship? And I was so worried about making it better than just like enjoying the really good things that are already there. Yeah, You know? And it was kind of annoying to my partner too. And to myself. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like yeah, yeah. stop thinking about how to improve it all the time. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's nice. like a project. Sometimes you need to just like be in it, enjoy it. I think, yeah. That's a yeah. key thing. and Especially nowadays and
1: in the kind of especially since COVID and seeing, it's just been a bit depressing. Isn't it? I think we just have to be in the moment rather than
0: yeah, trying to
1: do other things. And
0: I think also since COVID, like we're on our phones a lot and we're reading all this advice on social media about relationships and stuff, which is great. I mean, I think it's so, so great that this kind of information has become more accessible and mm. everyone's more emotionally intelligent and that's so great. But I think it also runs the risk of Putting you in a place of like really over-analyzing mm-hmm. your relationship and being like, oh my God, is this a red flag? Is that a red flag? No, oh yeah. And it's like, we're not immune to this kind of thinking. I'm not immune to this kind of thinking, you know? I had to really teach myself how to like chill about this. And I think,
1: yeah. And I mean, it's, it's information overload, which yeah, is exactly. just clutter that's coming in as well. And small
0: pieces of content that are a lot of times out of context or need a much bigger background TikTok is the worst for that. I'm addicted to TikTok, but yeah. Love it. (laughs) I buy too much makeup now because of TikTok.
1: Um, But anyway, thank you so much for this. This has just been so insightful and so interesting and it's actually made me think about past relationships, which is not
0: Um, good. Um, (laughs) I hope uh, you got some good things out of it. No, no, you have. and, and, And
1: you've come up with so many great key words about how to, you know, just how to move on and Get it. It's it's just been fascinating. It's just been brilliant. So, thank you so much for that. Thank you so
0: much. How can people find out about you? Okay. Yes. So, I am on Instagram. That is my main platform. My username is Breakup Coach Nura. That's Breakup Coach N O R A. And I also have a TikTok by the same name. My website is by the same name. And if you go there. You can see that I have a number of free resources. I have also my own podcast. I have a couple of guides about how to help you if you're in the very first few days or weeks of breakup. And I have another free guide about how to get yourself unstuck if you feel like you didn't get closure in your breakup. And I have a podcast where I talk about all things breakup and healthy relationships. And yeah, I have all that. So you can get up get over your breakup really using all these things but if you want some more one-on-one support and my personal mentorship then i do offer us as well one-on-one sessions and you can dm me to find out more about that
1: awesome thank you so much nora it's just been so brilliant so thank you for being on the show i really appreciate it
0: thank you so much elena no you're welcome
1: Uh, Thank you so much for listening to the Get Organized with Declutter Me podcast. It's been lovely to have you here. If you love the show, press like, share it with your friends, subscribe, and I'll talk to you next week. Take care. Bye.